Chapter 1 Mary The surprise hiss of steam made me stumble as I stepped down from the train. Careful, Miss Millard, Mr. Corbin said, taking gentle hold of my elbow until I was once again on solid ground. Even in the heat, I could feel the warmth of his touch through my sleeve. The platform in Butte was busy, many alighting after a long journey from the east. It was the richest town on earth, and would-be miners were eager to find their own vein of copper and strike it rich. I wasn't quite so eager, for I'd only come from Billings, not Minneapolis or even Chicago, and had lived in Butte my entire life. I was quite familiar with the town, and I did not have the hopes the others had. Of course, I didn't need to work for money, not because I was a woman, but because my father had more of it than God. His words, not mine. So the journey across the Montana Territory was too short, and I was not ready to return to my father and his intentions. While spending the month with my grandmother was far from exciting, it certainly delayed what I assumed was inevitable. I wanted to turn right around and settle back in the train car, watch Butte trundle right on by and continue on to parts unknown. Mr. Corbin's hand lingered on me a moment longer than perhaps necessary, I turned to look up at the man, one of the two men, who'd been kind and attentive to me during the journey. We chatted amiably for hours, and they, he and his friend, Mr. Sullivan, escorted me to the dining car for the noon meal, so I didn't have to sit alone. It was no hardship to pass the time with two handsome men. With his blonde hair and quick smile, Mr. Corbin no doubt turned heads wherever he went. He definitely turned mine. So had his friend Mr. Sullivan. I'd spent hours silently debating which one appealed to me more. Did I prefer my man fair or dark, at ease or intense? Regardless, they'd both been perfect gentlemen, sadly. Even now, with Mr. Corbin's hand at my elbow on the station platform, he kept appropriate space between us and was completely solicitous. No one would look twice at his chivalry. Chivalry was good and all but I ached for the more intimate attentions a man had for his wife. I wanted that connection, the bond I saw between my friends and their husbands, the secret looks they shared, a gentle caress, even holding hands. I also wanted to be taken with wild abandon, fucked as my friend Chloe called it. But these men saw me as a lady and would not subject me to such wanton behavior. Drat. Sadly, Mr. Corbin's hand on my elbow was one of the only touches I'd ever received from a man. I wanted more from him, imagined how his skin would feel against mine, not with the barrier of my dress in the way. Thank you, I murmured, wishing he'd stroke his hand on my back, undo the pins in my hair, untie the strings of my corset. As a maiden, I would, or should, know nothing of what a man could do once that corset was removed. But I did. Not in the practical sense, but I'd seen enough of what went on between a man and a woman to want it for myself. It was Chloe who had piqued my interest in all things male, and it seemed I had been thoroughly corrupted. I might be tarnished, but I still had my virtue. If my father knew of my visits to the Briar Rose and of Chloe, of what she'd shown me, I'd never be allowed out of the house. I'd probably be sent to the convent on the outskirts of town, the ladies of the Immaculate Conception, until he found a use for me. 
I also discovered that my sheltered existence came with skewed and preconceived views of girls like Chloe. The auxiliary ladies had said the whores were poor when instead they earned a pretty penny on their backs and did not need the used clothing I delivered. I also discovered the men my father had paraded in front of me as possible suitors were not real gentlemen. I'd surprisingly recognized several through the little peepholes about the establishment. What I'd seen would make those ladies' auxiliary ladies swoon. All it did was made me frequently wet between my thighs and eager for a man's attentions. Because of my spying, I'd seen the real Reginald Benson, the man walking down the station platform in my direction with my father, and he was not a man I wished to court. After knowing what he did to Tess, I didn't even want to be on the same train platform. I shuddered at the memory of the horror's screams as she'd been whipped. Fortunately, Chloe had said Big Sam had come to her rescue, and she would recover.